Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is All of It on WNYC. I'm Matt Katz, filling in for Allison Stewart today. Coming up in a bit, we're going to talk with a writer named Maura Cheeks about her debut novel. But first, we're here with another writer about what it takes to actually get there, to go from thinking about writing a book to having written a book. The main thing, and maybe this is obvious, is to write. My guest for this conversation is Jamie Attenberg, author of the 2022 memoir, I Came All This Way to Meet You, and the 2019 novel, All This Could Be Yours, both of which started with a word count of zero, as all books do. Her latest book is called 1,000 Words, A Writer's Guide to Staying Creative, focused and productive all year round. And it's a collection of thoughts that Attenberg has amassed from her own experience. Back in 2018, she had a writer friend put themselves through a boot camp of sorts to write 1,000 words every day, no matter what, even if it was a thousand word letter to herself about her hopes and dreams and doubts for the story, instead of actually writing the story itself. It's about flexing the writing muscle, no matter what. And in addition to her own thoughts on the creative process, in this book, Attenberg has collected submissions on the topic from dozens of other writers, including Roxane Gay, Min Jin Lee, Kristen Arnett, Meg Wolitzer, and Lauren Groff, Rumin Alam, Alexander Chi. So let's get into it with Jamie Attenberg. Hi, Jamie. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Thank you for being here. And listeners, if you're working on a writing project and could use some motivation or structure or just need some juice in the process, give us a call at 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. We can take your questions on getting your creative juices flowing and your stories about what writing practices have worked for your creative process or tell us about it all just via social at all of it WNYC. All right, Jamie, tell us the the origin story here. This idea of writing 1,000 words a day for two weeks, it just started with you and a friend and then it ballooned very quickly. Yeah, it did. Um, So I, you know, I I tweeted that I was going to do it. I'm a I'm a fairly online person that first year, and a couple hundred people replied on Twitter immediately that they wanted to do it with me. So I just set up a mailing list and I asked a couple of writer friends to write letters too. Um, and so I think that first year we had 200 people, and then it turned into 2,000 people by the end of it. And we all were writing together. We all had the hashtag of a thousand words of summer. And we're all kind of checking in, in with each other and we became each other's accountability partners. And hmm. it just was a really fun, kind of honestly nerdy time <laughs> that we had together. And I just, I kept doing it year after year and every year it doubled in size. So it was 5,000 people and then 10. And now I think this summer will be close to 40,000 people doing it. And we wow. had all these great letters along the way from all these different writers. And so much good has come out of it. People have finished their master's thesis, written entire novels, gotten agents, gotten book deals, um, just built uh, writing cohorts out of it, created their own separate online communities out of it. So it's just something that I I create the structure for every year, but then people sort of, sort of find their way to it and connect with each other. And it's, it's just really uh, been kind of the best thing that I've ever done with my life, to be honest. Wow, it's amazing. And, and they're all just connecting via the the hashtag on whatever social media platforms? Is that how people Um, are knowing about it? 
that originally was um, how it worked when Twitter was still kind of Twitter. Yeah. Um, but now I, uh, I think a couple of years ago, I created a Slack. So there's probably four or 5,000 people that are in that Slack. Um, and then of course you get the letter every day and people will post uh, comments on the, on the newsletter. People find each other through Instagram. You know, sometimes I don't know how they find each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's great. I mean, accountability partners is kind of uh, a great tenet to uh, getting started on your on your writing. I think it's it's helpful to know you're not alone. Right. the The biggest obstacle I imagine is just starting. So, do you have thoughts on that? I mean, how can the the a thousand words approach just help people who who might already they they might be experienced writers, but they're trying to write a thing and they can't even necessarily or they're get down and sit down and write or they procrastinate or whatnot what is the is is the idea to just say a thousand words is just a little bit and all you have to do is sit down bang that out and you have achieved something for the day that that is yeah that's a great mindset um, because it doesn't have to be a perfect thousand words so one thing i would say is that a thousand words is has really become a metaphor because not everybody is really able to write a thousand words a day um, especially for two weeks straight because we all have lives and lives can get in, in the way of that or also maybe they're never going to write more than 250 words a day or 500 words or maybe you're a poet you know and you're not you're not writing a thousand words of poetry a day or maybe you're a screenplay writer or you know, you're writing your master's thesis or something like that. So a thousand words really means a good day's work. And I think people know what that is for themselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, which is just sort of sitting down, being with yourself, showing up for yourself, whatever that means for you. It can be uh, making sure that you get your reading done. It can be um, creating, you know, creating a space for yourself in your house or figuring out time in your schedule to do it. But you do have to sit down and do something. You do have to sit down with yourself and say, I, I, I need to show up for myself in this way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and do people write in all different kinds of, use all different kinds of media to write in terms of like the Google Docs or a typewriter or on their phone? I mean, do you, or, or longhand? Is there a, yeah. is it all of those things? <laughs> I think so. Um, I, you know, I don't see what people write necessarily, um, but I personally handwrite first and then I'll type it up later on in the day. Um, but I find, you know, you use two different parts of the brain, handwriting versus typing. Hmm. Um, sometimes I'll just put it in my um, cell phone first and I like it when it's kind of messy first and, and I'm sort of willing to make mistakes. I encourage people to make mistakes because you'll, you sort of free yourself to be more creative and innovative when you, when it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, I have, I know there are people who are just using typewriters. I know that there are people who use, um, all different kinds of applications for it. I'm a Microsoft word girl. I'm Gen X. Oh, wow. So. Old school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sticking with that. Yeah. You got it. Uh, listeners, are you working on a writing project? Could you use some motivation or, or structure or some thoughts on just even getting started? Give us a call. 212-433-9692. 212-433-9692. WNYC. We can take your questions on getting your creative juices flowing. We can hear your stories about your writing practices or you can hit us up on the, the social media at all of it WNYC. Uh, I, I was I was wondering um, about your writer's compass, which is really a set of guidelines that you set for yourself, make sure you're writing something that aligns with yourself. Can you speak to that a bit? Why is it important to have that that compass? I think it's 
So for me, my writer's compass is what I what I think of as kind of my set of ethics. And it's something that I apply to any project that I'm going to do when I decide that I'm going to fully commit to writing a novel. Um, for example, I always have to have a strong female protagonist. I always have to be committing to a, a brand new kind of structure than one I've done before in a previous book before. Um, I always have to be exploring the idea of compassion in my work. And I think that it's it, it helps you develop a through line to what you're doing so that you can always go back to it and you can always return to it because there's there's a structure of a book that is, you know, your basic outline, like the beginning, the middle, the end, the plot points, things like that. But there's something deeper, I think, that can go on, uh, go on in writing, even even uh, writing fiction or nonfiction, like where you just want to know what what the message is and uh, and what the rules are, the rules of engagement are for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And those can, so you say those change for you um, to, to some degree. They modify if like from project to project. You, you want to use a different structure. You. So, I do want to use a different structure. You keep the female protagonist, but you want to use a different structure. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure that it feels fun and fresh and new. That's yeah, my personal right, philosophy sure. is that I, I hope that people, when they read my work, are going to have a certain anticipation. Oh, it's going to be funny. It's going to be, you know, wise in a certain way. You know, sure. I, I hope that people understand they'll get an experience from it. But I do always want to keep things kind of um, experimenting each time. In the introduction to, to the book, uh, A Thousand Words, A Writer's Guide to Staying Creative, Focused, and Productive All Year Round, um, you give us a number of helpful images that help frame the, the task of creativity. You write that the work is the ship, uh, and then you describe a, a boat's journey across an ocean. Can you I explain that, uh, the, what the lesson is in that image? The lesson is to not jump off the ship before you, <laughs> before you make it to the other shore. <laughs> Um, I think one of the one of the things that I say in there is do not jump off the ship, do not apply to law school before you make it to the end of the end of the journey. Um, I, you know, it's 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 a long it's a long road from beginning to middle to end of a book, but it is it's worth it. It's worth the ride. It's worth it's worth making it to the other side because once you get to the end, you can fix it. And I think that there is this this need or insecurity in people where they feel like every word has to be perfect as they go along. And that's just simply not the case. You you really just have to make it to the end and then go through and then edit things when you get there. It's just, it's about, I think the book itself and, and what I really believe is that we need momentum in our writing to get us to the end. And my book is really encouraging people to, to find ways to achieve that momentum and to believe in themselves, to give themselves permission to do their work uh, Nobody gives us that permission except for ourselves. So hopefully this book can encourage people to do that. We have a uh, question from Barbara in the Bronx. I, I think it might be a simple question, but it may be a question that a lot of other people have. Hey, Barbara. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. I want to ask a very simple question. I'm almost embarrassed asking it. <laughs> how do you know, how, how do you count the words? I don't know how to count the words. I have no idea when I've got a thousand. All right, Jamie, take it, take it that's away. That's a that's a really good question. So if you're if you're handwriting, um, you can obviously sit there and count through them. But in general, about, about a thousand words is about four and a half pages of writing. Um, if you have a you know an application like Word or Google Docs or something like that, there's a way to actually it'll it'll do a word count for you. Um, but I generally think it's you know it's about four and a half pages of writing. 
There you go, Barbara. And if you're using uh, Google Docs, you can go to Tools, and then under Tools, it says Word Count, and it it'll, it'll count your words. Uh, any other any computer will will do it automatically. We, we are here for tech support. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> we can support you. <laughs> uh, let's take um, uh, Kathleen in Washington Heights. Hi, Kathleen. Hey there. I'm so glad that uh, you have your guest on today. I'm going to order your book, but um, I am in the process of trying to finish a play. Uh, It's the first draft, but of course, it's not the first first draft. Um, I've gotten about, I guess, halfway through, and I think I know the ending. I feel feel like I've I've hit a roadblock. So I'm not sure how to proceed. I know about sitting down and doing this every day, but I often feel like a failure if I don't actually attend to the the words in the play. Oh, Kathleen, you're not a failure. You're writing a play. It's amazing. I know. It, uh, congratulations. Plays are really hard. I've never even tried to do it because I find it so daunting and I admire playwrights so much. I mean, what I would say is, Go and go and find inspiration in other places. Um, meaning, go maybe go see a play or read read a play or or read outside of your wheelhouse. Read some poetry, um, read a novel, something like that. Just anything that will get your brain stirring. But also, what I find when I'm when I'm really stuck, like halfway through a project, because you are not alone. It happens to everyone. It it, it truly does. Is I just try to write a letter to myself about why I started the project in the first place. Hmm. I go back to the beginning and I think about what my impetus was, the things that I wanted to say, the things even sometimes that I'm trying to prove to myself by doing this kind of work. And I think that that always puts a little charge into me again because I, because I, there, it's not just about making your art. It's it's often sometimes about proving something to yourself too. Great advice, Jamie. Thanks, uh, Brian in Harlem. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, I just wanted to um, bring up an observation from Jerry Seinfeld, who said something sort of similar. Um, he, th- he didn't say a thousand words. He said two hours a day, hmm. um, which is, you know, the, considering the type of writing he does makes sense. But he also added that what's important is what really helps is having a visual reminder. Now, his system and my system is a little bit different, but his system was to put up a 12 month calendar on a place in the wall that's going to be visible. You're going to see it every day. And after you do your two hours, you put your X, put an X across that date. And then you see all those X's and it gives you a sense of self-satisfaction. If you don't see the X at the end of the day, you think, hmm, maybe I should go back to that. Hmm. Um, so I, I think the visual reminder is very helpful. Jamie? You know, you know what I do is I, I just really write down my word count for the day when I'm done at the end of the day. I just have a running track of it inside of a, you know, whatever journal I'm using. And then, um, and I put a date next to it and it just, just so I know, just so I know that I'm, that I'm there, that I'm present, that it's not all, because I think it's such a imaginary thing in a lot of ways when you're writing or being, doing any kind of creative work in your head. And so that, that number, I think that's why that number is so, is so meaningful to me. Cause it's, it's one of the few tangible things um, as part of this process, because it's, it is such a long haul of uh, like, you know, a year or two where you're by yourself and you're sitting in your head in your own space. And, um, and it's, it's rich and meaningful and fulfill, you know, fulfilling to have that experience in your head, but still, still, you want to know, did I, did I get anywhere today? Thanks, Brian. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like you must just need 
uh, a reminder that you accomplished something and have that sense mm-hmm. of satisfaction and that bridges you to the next day that gives you the the confidence to keep going i imagine that's super helpful yeah uh, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with Jamie Attenberg, author of 1,000 Words. You're listening to all of it. I'm Matt Katz, filling in for Allison Stewart today. And we're talking with author Jamie Attenberg, who wrote the new book, 1,000 Words, A Writer's Guide to Staying Creative, focused and productive all year round. We got a question from, uh, from text that I want to um, uh, share with you real quick here, Jamie. I'm writing a biography and have been at it for 11 years. Wow. I'm in my seventh draft, and I can safely say that this has been the most difficult thing I've done in my life. One of the things I struggle with is repetition number one and the emotional journey. Do you have any recommendations on books that are written about writing a biography in particular, or I, I guess, um, yeah, I, I imagine this is a biography and not an autobiography. I, I'm not an expert in that area, I must admit. Um, but what I would say is that it, it does sound like maybe this um, this person with a question might need um, some some readers, hmm. might need to share that share that work with somebody else. Um, I find that it that's really helpful to be in terms of um, a proofreader, for example, is really helpful in terms of um, figuring out the repetitions as things go along. Um, and I, it sounds like it's just been a really long time that you've been working on it. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just wondering if you, you've um, shared it with anyone else. Um, I, so I don't know about any, I, I'm sorry. I can't no, that's a, good a, book, idea. a book for you, but I do, it does feel like when that is such a long journey, I'm hoping that you're able to interact with, other people Share, sharing with other people can be difficult because you can be anxious about what they might say, but it also is important, particularly maybe in this part of the process. Um, that's good advice. I want to go back to the phone lines. Charlie in Deal, New Jersey. Hi, Charlie. Hi, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Nice to have you as the host today. And thank you also getting a lot out of this uh, episode. Oh, great. I wanted to say that, um, couple of things real quick. I read the book by Annie Dillard, The Writing Life, about 30 years ago. I was very, very moved by that book, and I'm going to look forward to picking this book up. Hmm. Also, for quite some time now, maybe 25 years, I've been writing commercially for clients, a couple of pages at a time, documents, negotiations, fundraising pieces, all kinds of stuff, and it's very well received. I charge a lot of money for it. I have not been able to get myself into a recreational direction. And only recently, because I don't have anybody with me, I work alone, basically, I had a meeting with the mayor in my town here in New Jersey, and they said, we're slotting you in, I think they said 15 or 30 minutes. I don't do 15 minutes, so I wrote them a whole letter of everything I want to talk about so I could leave them with it. And one of the points was we wanted a fireplace in the local library. Hmm. And I've been talking to the librarians, and one of the women is a friend of mine, who I go in there all the time. So I gave her a copy of the letter, and then I stopped in the next day, and she said, hey, how you doing? I I said, I got one question. She says, what's that? It was a three-page letter. I said, am I a writer or not? She said, oh, you're a writer, she told me. You're some writer. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. But you're you're having trouble... uh, um, 
adjusting your brain to Charlie to write more I don't personally, have the recreational education. Right. Mm. I don't have the formal education to take the story in my brain and start structuring it onto a piece of paper. And, and to, I type in Word also, by the way. Mm-hmm. Jamie, you have any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, hopefully you're reading a lot. I mean, that's the way that I, I didn't, I had an undergraduate degree in writing, but I didn't get an MFA. And I definitely think writing is for everyone, no, no matter what um, level of education you've had. I, I really, you know, want to make this make writing feel accessible to everyone. Um, I think that if you really would like to get started, I would suggest taking a, a writing workshop mm. um, and and being, you know, sort of finding a community of, of peers that are at the same level that you're at and that just kind of want to dive in and get started and, and have an instructor who might um, teach you a little bit about it. That, that would be my recommendation. Love that advice. Thanks for calling in. Um, any other listeners, if you're working on a writing project, use a little... I, uh, motivation, maybe need some advice, give us a call, 212-433-WNYC, or you can hit us up on social media at all of it WNYC. Jamie, you've picked out a couple of selections uh, from your book. This book is filled with uh, some quite well-known writers who have offered their ideas and thoughts on writing. Uh, do you mind uh, reading a contribution from us? Uh, maybe Ada Limone? Sure. Ada Lamone, who is our, uh, who is America's poet laureate, generously contributed a letter a couple of years ago. So, um, and I loved it so much. She said, "I think one of the things that helps me write is simply silence. It's boring, I know, but we are never quiet anymore. When was the last time you went for a walk and didn't listen to music or a podcast or a book or decide to call your mother? Silence is where the writing comes from." that voice underneath the voice that we try our best to tamp down and gag with distractions and anxiety-inducing self-loathing. If we are really listening, though, the world opens up in a way that it doesn't to everyone all the time. It opens as a way of being generous to us, a reward for listening. We have to be tender to the world. We have to make ourselves tender to the world. We must be the receiver before we can be the maker. Mm. It doesn't have to be meditation, but it helps or long walks on the beach. It can be a small errand you choose to do in silence, laundry, a drive to the pharmacy, weeding. If you can allow yourself that space, a shift will happen. Underneath the buzz of the world, there's a story starting, a poem beginning, a deep noticing that it once feels surreal and more real than anything else. That's where the writing begins. Wow. Is that why I get so many good writing thoughts or just writing thoughts in general in the shower because I'm not listening yes. to anything. I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> Fascinating. That's great. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite comforting, isn't it? Silence. It is. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And yeah, you need to not be intaking things in order to have the space to then create. Uh, wow, wonderful. Let's uh, go go back to the phone lines. Um, is, is Tony there? Tony from yeah. Manhattan. Hi, Tony. Hi. Um, I'm primarily interested in screenplay writing. Mm. Uh, my problem is that when I sit down at the computer, I am trying to write the last draft in the first uh, go-round. Mm. And that causes me to be sitting there thinking much more than tapping words out. And I know that's not the way to do it but somehow i need 
um, convincing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you might want to start handwriting it a little bit first. Because I think that there's something about sitting in front of the computer screen, and I know it's adding an extra layer of work to you, but hear me out because you did ask the question, and this is what I would do. Um, I think when we sit in front of the computer screen as a starting point, there's some there's something in our brain that sort of clicks on that it needs to be perfect. And um, whereas when you are sitting and just handwriting, it, it becomes more truthful, it's more honest, it's more liberating. And even if you're just uh, coming up with ideas, brainstorming ideas, things like that, I think it, I think it's going to be more freeing for you. And I would, and it, it sounds to me like the computer screen is is pressuring you. You're getting you're getting some sort of pressure from it. So I would just take a step away from the computer screen. Just take a step away. Everyone needs to take a step away from their phones also, and just go and sit somewhere that's kind of you know it, you could go sit in a beautiful library. You could sit in a cafe. You could sit in a park. Although I guess it's a little cold in New York right now, but mm. go sit somewhere away from it all and just with a with a notebook and um, and just and just write the like the purest parts of what you want to say. That's great advice. So maybe don't write it in the same, if you're using Word or using Google Docs, maybe use a notebook if you need to make a rougher draft or, you know, write it in a different, um, use a different medium. Maybe that can help. I mean, I am, I am pro technology. I am, I love technology, <laughs> but it also can be kind of a kind of a trap for us. I think it, it just does something to our psyche where we just think everything needs to be feel finished and perfect and, and done. And, and things don't get get fit, finished or perfect or done till way far along in the process. We have a text from a listener. She said, or he or she said, my 16-year-old daughter is quite a good writer, but she has little confidence in herself and a short attention span. What can I do to encourage her and keep her writing? Well, I, I don't I don't know how to um, improve somebody's confidence level. I think... Um, I think reading can be helpful in that way because uh, I hope she's reading lots of books because um, that teaches us empathy, that teaches us that we're not alone. So I think that that's really a good starting point. I mean, without I'm not a parent, but without and so without knowing too much, but I mean, I wonder if you could start a book club with your kid oh. <laughs> where you're reading the same thing every week together or or every couple of weeks so that you both have to show up for each other and you both have to talk about books and maybe there would be some sort of kindling of love and of literature in that way and focus in that way. That's a great, that's great advice. Do you want to read one more of your uh, contributors to the books before we, before we let you go? Sure. I'm going to read a little bit of Roxanne Gay's letter. Perfect. One of the greatest gifts you can give yourself as a writer is to take yourself seriously this does not mean you should take yourself too seriously, but it does mean that if you love writing, if you put in the work of writing, you are a writer. You don't need to ask anyone if you can call yourself a writer. You don't need to reach a certain publishing threshold. So long as you put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, you are a writer. I am also a big believer in not diminishing our writing. So many writers will talk about their writing in the most dismissive ways. They'll say, they quote, wrote a, wrote a thing, or offer a few self-deprecating words before sharing a new publication. Sure, most of us deal with low self-esteem, but if you're taking yourself seriously as a writer, you need to believe your writing deserves to be treated with respect and care. You don't need to be arrogant, but it's okay to be proud. Writing takes effort and time and imagination. 
It's okay to acknowledge that you're invested in your craft. It's okay to give a damn about your writing. And yes, if such is the case, it's okay to be confident. When you write something that's great, own that, say that. Those moments of confidence can be painfully fleeting. Enjoy them while you can. <laughs> yes, they can be. That's great. <laughs> Excellent advice. Uh, and before we uh, let you go, Jamie, we had a, a caller, A, in Bush, Bushwick, and A was looking for a writing prompt for today. If you wanted to come up with a writing prompt to get A started. Oh, goodness. Uh, on the fly. Um, there might be a lot of pressure. I think um, I've been talking a lot about winter lately when I've been teaching workshops. Mm. And so I would say if you're writing fiction, think about winter, how it impacts your character directly. Um, And if you're writing about yourself, think about a winter from your childhood. Um, Great. And can I just mention the actual Thousand Words of Summer? Yeah. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, it's this summer. Um, It starts June 1st. It's for two weeks. And you can find out about it on a Thousand Words of summer.substack.com and I will be doing a launch in New York City um, at the Hudson Park Library uh, where we're all going to write in person together. And that'll be in June? June 1st. Excellent. Great. Jamie Attenberg is the author of 1000 Words, a writer's guide to staying creative, focused, and productive all year round. Jamie, thanks so much for joining us on all of it. Thank you. Bye. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.